Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 306 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you're doing awesome and uh, having a wonderful day. So today's podcast is all about showing up imperfect. If there's one thing I've learned about this whole podcasting and online business journey that I've been on, and I imagine all of us that are small business owners, we've learned that so much of this business journey is just having the courage to be in the arena and not often having everything figured out. And most importantly, being okay with having something imperfect. My guest today is Samara Stone. Uh, Samara was a previous guest on the podcast, and it's actually been a couple of years, and it's crazy the time that has flown. But Samara is a LCSW. She's also a branding expert. She has a curated community at Be Fully Grown, which is for Black women who are around 40 plus, who are ready to imagine, create, and live a life on their own design. And I reached out to Samara. We actually had touch base because Samara is in the process of launching a podcast. And we were, you know, we were able to just catch up the other, the other week. And I told her, I was like, hey, we should totally do a podcast episode on this whole idea of imperfection because Samara is honestly one of the best folks that I've seen do this. I mean, if you follow Samara on social media, she shares some really hard stuff. I mean, stuff around like branding and all of these things for for mental health practices uh, and for just individuals, but then also the hard stuff. You know, Samara will mention this in uh, the podcast episode, but her marriage ended in 2019 and she went through a hard season uh, where she was divorced. And then recently here in the last year, she found love again, got married, and has been sharing that sort of journey. And so we're talking about a couple of things. One is, you know, how do you, how do we as clinicians, especially just given the layers of things that we may be dealing with, whether it's our training, our own, our own trauma, uh, where perfectionism really kicks in, how do we show up imperfect? And uh, what does that look like? And then we go into sub- a couple of things that, you know, I know that many of us have struggled with, which is, what do you share on social media? What's appropriate? What's not appropriate? And I think you're going to be excited to hear Samara's take on today's session. So we'll jump right into it. Here is my conversation with Samara Stone from BeFullyGrown.com. 
Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Hey, Samara, welcome to Selling the Couch, or I should say welcome back to Selling the Couch. Yes, thank you so much, Melvin. I'm absolutely elated to be here with you again. I um, you know, we connected a couple of weeks ago and it had been a while. I mean, since we really connected and we got on a phone call and uh, I, I told you, like, I told you I might get emotional about this and already starting. So, you know, I, one of the things I most appreciate about you is like, it's so nice to have a friendship where like you can just pick up, you know, I mean, it's your beautiful soul. And I'm just so grateful for you. So. Oh, Melvin, thank you so much. You know, likewise, I always think about just in our community, the people we know that have so much wisdom, so much lived experience, and the way that we love and support each other in this rising tide, it's a beautiful thing to watch everyone growing. I mean, and look at how much you have grown since our last conversation on this podcast, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm not, uh, I'm no longer using a TV stand that, <laughs> like a TV dinner stand that we got from Walmart. I actually have a proper desk now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're all kind of stepping up in the world, Melvin. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I, I think that that phrase, that rising tide, I think that's, that is one of the most beautiful things about our profession, right? Like that, you know, people like you and hopefully people like me, like that, you know, we learn these things, we figure out stuff and we sometimes have epic fails, but we share all of it, you know? Yes, that's exactly right. I I think, you know, for us being that, sure, the work that we do in serving people, that's the work. But all this other stuff that's on the outside of it that they don't teach us in school, some of us have gone out there and scraped our knees enough to come back and be a coach, right? And teach folks how to not break, you know, scrape their knees quite as much. And so I think that part, it's so beautiful. I mean, I've been in this field as an entrepreneur for almost 18 years. That's a long time now, man. Don't tell them about all the gray you can see, right? <laughs> but I, you know, one of the things I think I've learned is that, you know, if only I'd had these types of supports in the very beginning of my journey, my gosh, two decades ago, I would have been so grateful. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I think so many, it's an amazing time to live, right? And it's amazing that we have all of these supports, we have technology, like all of these things have intersected in an unbelievable way that, I mean, even now you're absolutely right. Like even someone that is in grad school now, like they have so many more resources than, you know, even we had, right? Uh, which is, which is awesome, you know? And even just a, a much, so many lampposts that are empowering examples of what's possible, right? So, so many times I'll have graduate students come to me to talk about wanting to get a, a jump start on their niche or trying to figure out what their expertise is going to be. I'm like, oh my goodness, how beautiful. 
there was a time when we were like, look, generalist practice, you, you take what you get and you don't get upset, but there's so much more autonomy and that Saturday self entering the Monday morning in our field is beautiful to me because people are showing up so much more authentically, right? Yeah. I love that phrase. Can you articulate on that? The Saturday self showing up on the... So, you know, in a lot of the work that I do around branding for mental health entrepreneurs, I I talk to them about, let us see you, let us see you. And so your Saturday self, how you are with your friends, how you are with your family, the, the person that decided to go to school for, you know, mental health in the first place, that person can show up in your Monday morning a bit, you know, not completely, but just a bit, allowing people to see some of who you are helps them to be more comfortable making a decision to work with you. It makes you feel relatable in a way. And it really kind of destigmatizes mental health because if you're a source of support and you feel more like a human being and less like a, you know, judgmental mechanical device. (laughs) Yeah. Or like super Photoshop photographs, right? Or something like that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I find that it's actually those imperfections that start to endear people to us and have them feel more comfortable connecting with us, right? Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. I mean, even just to like share like a personal element of this. I mean, recently, you know, we launched this like online income mastermind and I was like, okay, I'm going to like build in public, right? And show like the good, bad, hard side of this. And one of them is, one of the things I did was I just started, there's this great bakery. It's like, five minutes from our house. It's it's really not a good, good. So I, like, it's great, but it's not great, you know? <laughs> and so I, I've limited myself. I said, you know, every Thursday, as we wrap up the week, I'm going to go treat myself. And, and, you know, it's bad, right? They're like, I, I walk in, I'm like, Mel, they're like, Mel, the usual. I'm like, yes. So the usual, right? So I, there's this flourless chocolate cake. And oh my gosh, it is amazing. Like it tastes like a ooey gooey brownie. And I have this every week, right? And so... Oh, I love it. I love it. So I started posting this picture like the other week. I was like, you know, I got my ooey green brownie, right? Like my chocolate cake. And But I think people relate to that, right? Like that we do. Like this entrepreneur journey is hard. And sometimes like it is these little routines and these little celebrations that get us through a certain week, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think even just giving ourselves permission to be human and enjoy the decadence of chocolate cake, enjoy downtime, enjoy, you know, whatever it is that gives you a sense of peace and joy and allows you to to reset and calm yourself. Give give yourself space for that. I think when with all of the responsibility that adults carry whether they're mental health professionals or not, just adulting, period. We have to give ourselves room for breaks. See, children know that they need to play. When recess comes, they are tearing out of there, out to the playground. They know. But somehow adults forget that we need to play too. Whatever play looks like, we need that too. Yeah, I love that. We're talking about this general topic of showing up imperfect, right? And I wanted to just, before we dive in, I had this random question, which is, I feel like so many therapists want to show up imperfect, right? But they also struggle with perfectionism, right? That I have to be, you know, 
have this style of picture. This is what my social media post has to look like, right? Like I cannot have any grammar mistakes on it, right? Any of that kind of stuff, right? Why do so many therapists, in your in your opinion, why do you, why do you think so many therapists struggle with perfectionism? Well, you know, to a large degree, I think we've bought into the notion that in order for me to be a resource for support for someone, my credibility is tied to perfection, right? Like I, in order for me to be someone to offer advice or to offer, you know, safe space that I've got to be like having mastered that challenge myself, you know, there's a such thing as the wounded healer, right? I mean, that's how we come to know about the healing journey is because we've had things to resolve on our own. But I think that there's been a lot of shaming in the mental health community for folks who are more transparent about their personal journeys, right? And I do think that, you know, we were taught a lot about privacy too, that you don't belong in the session. And that's still true. I do think personal boundaries and a selective use of self is, self is very important still. But I think in that there's some hiding that comes up, you know, and, and just learning to, to balance that is difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, and I think what I sort of hear in that is it's so like multi-layered, right? Like we've even, I mean, I think about like, even like some of my past trainings, right? Really good intent, right? But I wish sort of we had explored the nuances of that because, right, like I remember coming out of trainings being like, should never disclose anything about myself in session, you know, and that definitely translated to a website or social media, right? And it's, it has been like a lot of unlearning, you know? And I think some of it is us also, and this is an odd, I'm just, this is the first time I'm articulating my thought around this. So bear with me if I jumble it, trying to get it up. I'll be imperfect in getting it out there. I do think that our, we understand mental health a bit more, a, a bit differently now. I think there was a fragility even that we saw in our clients that if we're not somehow perfect, that we're going to damage them by showing up as human beings. I don't think that's true. I think we've kind of come to see that that's not actually the fact, right? Like that our clients are able to make the intellectual jump that we're humans and not, not you know, nodding robots, right? Like there's, there's room for us to, to embrace that piece. Um, so I think that's a part of that journey too. The trainings before really were protecting the client from our humanity, where when really it's that humanity that's a part of the healing journey, right? Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's the thing that connects our clients to us in certain ways, right? Because I don't know, I mean, maybe this has happened once, but I've never had a client tell me like, wow, that intervention that you did was amazing. Like, but it's more like, you know, I really appreciated you sharing this or when you said this or, you know, in this way, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I think that it doesn't feel as isolating and also judgmental. And it's not a judgmental that's intentional. But if I'm sitting here just bearing all this pain, all this suffering, all this struggle and challenge that I'm working through, and you're quietly understanding, but you know, as if you've never had a similar type of dynamic in your life, it can come off as that that distance can feel judgmental. Right. And so that's why I think that use of self strategically, oh my gosh, I've seen it work wonders, both with clients that are in a counseling session and even with the ones that I'm nurturing through their entrepreneurial journey. Right. Like that's, it's the same thing. If I just show up as someone who's got this group practice and 
I do coaching and I do speaking engagements and now I've got a new brand and la, 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 la. I've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years. If I show up that way and I don't tell them about some of the challenges or struggle, it's, it, it'll feel like, well, wow, I don't even know if I can do this because clearly I've got to be nearly perfect to get this done. Uh, absolutely. You said something earlier that I thought was so interesting. I wanted to kind of go back to, which is, I feel like there's a huge shift, right? Like, and, and maybe like this pandemic has magnified a lot of this, but there's a huge shift happening. I feel like in terms of marketing and how we understand marketing, right? Like in many ways, I think, especially for many of us that our business is connected to like our personal sort of brand, right? Like that humanity is like, really, it's a great differentiator. Whereas I think in the past, it was something that maybe you didn't show or maybe like you showed super judiciously. But I was kind of curious about that and, and what you thought. You know, so much of my approach with branding and marketing for mental health entrepreneurs hinges on that reality that you're describing. It really, really does. I think that, how do I put this in a way that makes it crystal clear? We used to think of marketing as like some sleazy thing that gets done to somebody, right? Like, I'm going I'm to market to them, you know, and get them to give me their money. <laughs> but really, we shift that to something that you're doing for someone. You're, you're allowing them to become aware of a helpful resource that's going to be life-changing for them, right? Like that whole thought orientation just changes the game. And by doing that in a way that allows them to have labels or wording that Make sure that they know that you understand what they're going through, that it deeply resonates. Finding those, those terms that describe their situation, and it's been a game changer. For example, we often hear people talk about being trauma-based therapists, or we've got this trauma certification, trauma, trauma, trauma. But to the layperson who's experienced trauma, they don't always think in those terms, yes, I definitely need someone who's going to help me to move through this trauma. They are thinking about the lived experience that happened when they were a child with this uncle, or they're thinking about, you know, the accident that they were in and how it's changed their sense of safety in the world. So if we can describe that in visceral, authentic terms, they're going to hear themselves in that experience. And then it's like, wow, this is a safe space. I know this person understands, right? And so we try to teach marketing from that perspective, share enough about why you're doing what you're doing and the real dynamic that someone finds themselves in so that when you're talking to them, they can, they can see the healing possibility in what you've just shared. Does that make sense, Melvin? It does. I mean, I think that's one of the most, I don't know, I'm still like learning some of, you know, so much of this stuff, right? But that is truly one of the most powerful things, right? In sharing our stories and in sharing the details, like you said, that like the granular details, right? That's what actually connects to the, it's this connection to shared humanity. That's right. And I mean, I, yeah, I mean, think about it. Like we were, we were talking right before the session started, right? Like you're very active on social media. You've shared like your life journey. I mean, you've had some major changes in your life, right? Recently. And like, I have felt connected to you, you know, and even more right than than before and it's i mean and I, I mean we've again talked privately about this but the the challenge of all that you know and the multiple layers and all of that stuff right and to show up that and to show up that way and to say like yeah this is really hard or this is what we're going through and you know sometimes what i'm doing is like what i didn't expect right so absolutely it was really 
hard for me to start talking about my personal life. Even though I talk to people about let your Saturday self show up on your Monday morning, that's fine for the personality, right? To just let kind of, you know, I'm I'm a bubbly, sunshiny person. I think they all know that, Melvin, right? So I was fine with letting that part come through. But what about this more shadowy experience that I was having? How am I going to share that and not feel like the judgment of it is going to somehow taint the way people see me, right? But when I first started talking about getting divorced back in 19, when I shared that, when I tell you it was just the opposite, and I learned something about humanity, again, in that we know what it feels like to have a suffering. And so when we share that with someone, you're brave enough to say, ah, look at this, it hurts. Others are like, I know exactly the medicine for that, right? Because they've seen it too, right? And so by sharing it, and I tell you, it really allowed me to experience community in a new way and support in a new way by opening up. And so then once love came into my life again, I was like, well, if I've shared about the divorce, <laughs> clearly I have to share as these other, you know, more beautiful pieces start to come back into my life too. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I, I think the other thing of that is there may be people who don't resonate with that and who don't connect with that. And, and that's okay, right? Because they're not the folks that you're meant to help or meant to serve, right? So absolutely right. And, and to actually embrace that, if I'm going to find my audience, I have to be brave enough to be a bit polarizing. I have to say, those that are magnetized to what I'm saying, here I am. Here I am. You can find me right here. And those that don't want them, give them the opportunity to exit. Now you've drawn to yourself a community of folks that do want to hear what you have to say, and you can freely say it without worrying about the folks who really didn't want to come along for the journey in the first place. Uh, this is a little, yeah, no, absolutely. This is a little bit like a, a deeper question, but like you said, it's a, a bit, you have to be a little bit polarizing, right? How do you figure out what that line is for you? Or does it require, you know, is it like based on individual situation or? I think so. And I think also your truth, you have to be willing to speak your truth, not the one that seems palatable to everyone, not the one that's filtered through, well, what would be easily digestible by anyone that heard it, but your, your, the real truth of your situation being spoken in a way that has purpose, right? Your truth with a bit of intention, that can be polarizing because everyone doesn't have the same opinions. We have different values, different morals, different spiritual ideas, different you know, spiritual systems of belief. We have so many different variations in what help us to decide who we're going to be in this world and how we're going to move and relate to others. And so when you start to speak what is real for you and what your truth is, can we see how that then those people who share that worldview that you have and are like-minded, they're going to be drawn in. They're going to be drawn in. And that was difficult for me. Oh my, Melvin, I spent so much time in my professional life, trying to appeal to everyone. And it wasn't until I realized I need to focus on appealing to the people who are ideal for me. That's when my business started to grow. The first time I did it is when I started saying, talking to people about accepting insurance. And this was a climate when everyone was like, oh no, if you're accepting insurance, you have self-esteem problems. <laughs> That's what they would say. You know? And I was like, no, I think there's a a strategy here that can be used to serve the community if that's your values. Can we talk about that? And by putting it out there, it was the first time that I 
I want to say broke rank, you know, just kind of separated myself from what I thought everyone with the majority opinion was and just went with what I really believe. It was very helpful. Yeah. Ah, so well said. Samara, like our time has flown by. So I wanted to ask you like a final question, which is something I, I struggle with. And I kind of want to just pick your brain. I imagine folks listening really struggle with this as well. How do you figure out like what domains or what parts of your life you'll share online and in your marketing versus like what you'll kind of hold back? Yeah. Remember what I said a moment ago about purpose, right? When we have a clear body of work, a clear set of offers, a clear kind of path that we want to go, especially beyond the couch, like not necessarily when we're just providing therapy, but if we're wanting to become a speaker, write a book, offer online programs, facilitate, think about what that audience needs to know and understand about you that will increase your credibility, not diminish it, right? And so if you're someone, let's say, that wants to you know, work with in the relationship category, then you've got to talk some about in your personal life, what relationships have looked like for you, right? That helps in that space. And so always think about the intention of what you're saying and its purpose. There, this is not about just sharing for sharing's sake. There really does need to be intention in it. That actually helps you to get the kind of results that you want from the sharing. Because even with an authentic share, there should you can think in terms of return on investment because you're building community and trust. And so you want to be strategic in your use of self to be able to support that so people can see the parts of you that matter most to them. Yeah, so well said. I love that idea of not sharing for the sake of sharing, but to do it sort of in alignment with things that you're offering and yeah, it's just a beautiful way of saying it's it. It's about serving. Honestly, the sharing should be about serving, not self-serving, but serving those people who you're intending to touch. Yeah, absolutely. Even like a subtle nuance to this, like one thing I was, and I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm great at it, but like I'm trying to be more intentional. Even when I share, like sometimes I'll just share, like last week, right? Like we used a new piece of software and I was like, oh, this is what we're using and this is how we're using it. And this is where I'm struggling with it. Like even just sharing, like, so it's almost like, I think there's so many cool ways to do it, right? Like you can just genuinely be helpful and like expose people to different things, like, you know, and then share like humanity, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Quite exactly. Yesterday I shared, my son is 18 and he's learning how to drive and I'm taking him out driving. Oh my God, Melvin, it's the most anxiety provoking thing to not be behind the wheel and have my child driving me. But um, I shared that in my stories because I felt like I know that grown women who have adult children or emerging adult children, they're going to be able to relate to this. Yeah, beautiful. Samara, I'm just so grateful for you. I know you've got a lot of things going on, including a brand new community. Tell us a little bit more about that and what you're up to. Oh, my goodness. So Full Grown is the new brand that I've created. And I actually launched it on my birthday, November 26th last year. It's such a significant brand for me because it's like the synthesis of what I have offered as a mental health professional, what I've done for entrepreneurs and holding space for their growth, and then my personal journey with love relationships and, and you know, spiritual growth and, and you know, personal development. And so Full Grown is that for women of color over 40 or 40-ish you know, women of color that are really ready to start designing a life that is more in alignment with who they really are and, and finding ways to even celebrate more adventure as they're aging, you know? 
because we're right here at the hinge, Melvin. You know, once you're over 40, you know, you probably got less time ahead than behind. And so we've got to make the most of those years. And, you know, BeFullGrown.com is about supporting women in doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. My knees constantly remind me of that because <laughs> I am turning 40 this year. So, <laughs> And my eyes and my eyes. Yes. <laughs> Samara, thank you again for uh, for doing this. And I'm just, again, so grateful for you and grateful for our friendship. Have a great rest of your day. You too. You too, Melvin. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Samara. And especially if you have struggled to show up imperfect, uh, is in your marketing. I hope that today's podcast session has just been helpful for you and gives you just a new level of permission. This is really hard work, right? To, to show up in our marketing as imperfect. And I wanted to encourage you more than anything because I think there is like this huge shift, as I mentioned on the, the podcast, that's happening in the world of marketing where authenticity and heart and imperfection is what really matters. And I feel like as clinicians, all of those things come naturally to us, right? And I would just say, like, it's okay to own those sort of, uh, those superpowers, right? I mean, there are things that, you know, I've, I've shared on the podcast that I'm still navigating and trying to figure out how to share on social media. For example, you know, navigating this whole world of entrepreneurship and being this person of influence while also, you know, battling depression and anxiety, right? I still haven't figured out quite how to do that. But uh, for now, I shared on the podcast. And then, you know, even down to like other random things, right? Like mistakes that I made. I, you know, I'm getting a lot more active on Twitter. Would love, lo- love for you to follow me there. It's uh, mvarghese5, twitter.com forward slash mvarghese5. But, you know, I'm writing a lot more threads, especially on um, podcasting and online courses. And just sort of my online business journey. And I literally posted this, uh, this thread the other day um, all about how to like uh, record, how to actually use a digital SLR for your CBC, for your cohort-based course. And I looked at this post after it was, it was published, right? So the thing with Twitter is once you post it, right, you can only delete it. You can't edit the post, right? And all my numbering was like off. And I had spent like two weeks on this. It wasn't like a rushed job at all. But, and I was like mortified, but then, you know, I, there was a moment I was like, Hey, like, it's okay. Because like, it's helping other people. And at the end of the day, like whether the two is off or the three is off, does it really matter? And uh, I left it up and, you know, and I share that because like, I think sometimes it's like, it's okay. Like we don't get it perfect. Right. On social media, because, you know, people still get helped. And I think the thing that Samara was trying to share, I feel like, was so much of this is like in alignment with your values and showing up as you are, and people will connect with that. And then the other side of that, right, is this is really hard for me because I, I struggle with people-pleasing tendencies. I want to have everyone like like me and be attracted to the STC brand. But the truth of the matter is some people won't resonate, right? Like especially as STC is shifting from just sort of traditional practice building to like my areas now in online income, right? How do we use these clinical skills to move and create online income specifically through podcasts and online courses? And obviously every clinician isn't going to be creating an online course or a podcast and that's okay, you know? And so I hope more than anything, 
this podcast just gives you a new source of encouragement. And Samara's website is over, again, uh, is over at BeFullyGrown.com. And again, this is a community and a resource for women over the age of 40, women of color over the age of 40 who want to imagine what their life will look like and want to just be with others who are navigating that sort of second season of life. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.